0: What's up, y'all? Long time no see. And even longer time since we did a history podcast. right, boy.
1: It's definitely not long time no see. It's just long time no pod.
0: Too well, yeah. Long time no pod, I mean for us and the listeners, right? Yeah. So, this this will be history pod number two. And, uh... It should come out tomorrow, which is...
1: On the Sabbath.
0: Well, timely. Because it will be the, uh... The anniversary of what we're going to talk about today. So, what I have to ask you, I, I guess I should upfront do a do a content warning. If people are not uh, happy with violent crime or uh, like racialized crime, uh, maybe turn this one off. But I, I do think it's like a pretty important one. What do you know about Emmett Till, Ari?
1: I've heard the name.
0: <clears throat> That's it. Yeah. That's fair enough. I think
1: I'm not big on American history. That's
0: fair. I am, um, but you're gonna learn about this one, and uh,
1: oh jeez!
0: <laughs> I think that it's it's actually really good because I don't like learning. <laughs> yeah, which is why you're about to get your PhD, <clears throat> uh, allegedly. So I think I think it's actually like one of the biggest because this this will be just to to to, to spoiler alert. It's a, this is the story of a lynching, but there were so many, there are thousands and thousands of lynchings that happened like during this time period. And not many of them get noticed, but this one, like, because of the time it happened at and because of the high profile nature, I, I would say probably shaped a large part of the, um, of the the black freedom movement or the civil rights movement, whichever we want to call it moving forward. Um, and it's, f- it's a horrific story, but it's, it's a, I think, a very important one. And I think underappreciated in the, the amount of change that it had. So, talking about this, talking about Emmett Till. Uh, born in Chicago, Illinois, to Louis Till and uh, Mamie Elizabeth Till Mobley. Louis Till, who will not be important almost at all in this story, uh, was born in Missouri, which should get a hell yeah from me. Um, but it doesn't, because he's a piece of shit. He basically, like, quickly after getting married, the two got married at, like, 18, he uh, started beating the shit out of his wife. <clears throat> there was one event where he choked her unconscious, and then she threw, allegedly threw... What boy- year was this? Uh, this, so, uh, this would have been probably 1940, 1940-ish.
1: They got married in 1940?
0: Uh, I believe so. Because I, I don't know the the exact year they got married, but till... Emmett Till was born July, July 25th, 1941. Mm. So I would assume so. They got married when they were 18. Um, so anyway, Till, uh, yeah, is a violent... Uh, not Emmett Till, of course, but Louis Till is a piece of shit. So he um, beat his
1: wife while she was pregnant?
0: Uh, I think it was after, but I uh, that also I'm not 100% after sure. the kid was born. I believe it was after Emmett was born. Um, but anyway, so she gets a restraining order.
1: Why wasn't Louis Till drafted into World War II.
0: Here's the thing, bud. Well, first of all, uh, we the U.S. didn't enter until 1942. And Till wasn't born until 41. So I what assume... But you're
1: saying it was after... It was but a- I,
0: don't, I don't... No, 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 no. Uh, I don't know exactly when the beating took place. Um, I just know that he was violent, because it's just like broadly talked about in books, because he's not like a, 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 fo- a focal character um, for Lewis. Maybe he's about to be. We're uncovering some secrets. He's, well, maybe drafted. It, Maybe at some point I will. Here's the thing, though. He, she got a restraining order, and then he violated it multiple times. When he went to see the judge. Are they African-American? They are. He um, got a, ch- a chance between jail and going, going to the Army, oh. which I feel like doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> at least not as much. It seems like it used to happen a lot where like they'd be like you can go to jail or you can go to the army. And it,
1: yeah, well, it's probably cuz we don't have too many too many like existential wars anymore.
0: Well, now that we're out of Afghanistan, I suppose that is true. But I, th- I what I, I would th-
1: call that an existential war. Well, I yeah, mean, that's, like it's not like world it's, there are no serious wars where like they the powers the f- that be frame the country's yeah. future. There's no mass mobilization, could, that's for sure. It could, yeah, where there's a draft for certain. And, but
0: I think that that would be something, I, I don't know about the military, but I, I think that giving people the choice between like, getting therapy and also doing like, some sort of like, deep volunteer work would be an interesting like, alternative to going to jail. I would pr- potentially, ba- based on how it like, f- was formed, be in favor of something like that. But anyway, so he's gone. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, when he did when he did enter the military, um, he went to Italy and was court-martialed for murdering one Italian woman and raping at least two others, and then was hung. <clears throat> I don't the father. Yes, the father. So I don't know if that was true, um, and there we, we will learn very soon um, if anyone is like doesn't know uh, that. False accusations of rape and sexual assault by white women against black people were very common
1: in italy in, world in it, war II? that's what I'm saying
0: in Italy maybe not, but in america <laughs> in America they were they were extremely common um and people would get lynched over it all the time so yeah, but in italy yeah I, in world war II. in world war II, i I agree with the uh skepticism that I'm hearing in your voice
1: just <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, saying, I'm not he, saying it didn't happen. It's it, just like, it
0: also tracks with the fact that he used to beat his wife. He's clearly like a violent individual. Yeah. So clearly the military didn't help that. So it's very surprising that a, a, an organization created around violence wouldn't help someone become more peaceful. But anyway. So Emmett's born on July 25th, 1941, like I said. Um, he grew up in ta- uh, pretty happy, seemed intelligent, uh, mischievous. When Who was taking care of him? Um, it was mixed. His mother um, was working, and obviously, she's a single mom. So, uh, what was she doing? I don't know her job, um, but her, she eventually becomes a school teacher, but I believe at this time she was not. Um, but her, grand, her grandmother, uh, Till's grandmother, her mother, okay. was doing most of the, the caring for him. Okay. And so, like, they described it as like she was kind of like a big sister to him. Until eventually he moved in with her. I assume when she got like a more steady job, started making more money. Um, so they were like pretty, pretty, uh, pretty close. And she said she she had the relationship kind of changed when she went uh, in with him. But they were still like very, like very loving, very friendly. Like they didn't fight much or anything. Um, so when he's fourteen, uh, Mammy Till, his uh, Emmett Till's mother, is from Mississippi. Now I. I'll explain some of this more later, but if anyone is, doesn't know, like, Mississippi was probably the worst place for black people in terms of violence in the whole United States, post-Reconstruction. Uh, the most lynchings happened there, I believe it, the figure was like 11% of all lynchings throughout the whole United States happened in Mississippi. Freedom rides, there were multiple people killed from there during mis, during that as well, so... But anyway, so he's he's planning on going to visit his uh, family. Uh... It should also be remembered that there was an uptick in violence around this time, because do you remember what happened? Uh, so this, Again, this is 1955. Do you remember what what important case happened in
1: 1954?
0: Korean War. <laughs> That's right. People were very mad at black people for the Korean War. <laughs> do you remember the Supreme Court case that happened in 1954?
1: I don't remember years, very well. I assume it was like...
0: Everyone gets to guess right now. That's right. You guessed right.
1: I figured that was in the 60s. I I don't know the years, though.
0: Um, I know, I know. It's I mean, even though I do love history, remembering dates is uh, not what I think is the most important as long as you know kind of broadly what happens in these periods because there's so much history to remember. But this 1954 is Brown v. Board uh, decision, and so...
1: It's early. It feels like early. I, I thought it was in the 60s. I thought it was like enforced by Johnson. With, like, the forced
0: desegregation, some of it was in the late 60s. Some of it was, because a lot of it got ignored, honestly, because you had, um, in some of these Deep South places, black people didn't want to go to school with white people because they knew they would get the shit kicked out of them. So it's it's not until, like, I mean, there were initial things like uh, the Little Rock and things like that, where you start to get some places, these high-profile cases where, like, they're big schools and like people can observe them. And obviously they were still treated like shit. Um, But yeah, if you're like, we're going to talk about money, Mississippi, if you're in money, Mississippi, black people don't want to go to school with white people. Like they don't like segregation, obviously, but they also know that if they're with the white people, in a lot of cases, they're probably going to be brutalized. Uh, So like I said, Mississippi is not a real good place for African-Americans, for black people at this time. And, Till's mom knew this because that's why she moved away. She moved away um, in the during the Great Migration when a lot of black people moved from the South to the North because there's increasing industrialization, things like this. Um, so she, like, gives him a whole spiel before he goes down there. She's like, listen, this is, like, Jim Crow. Like, it's bad. It's not great in the North, but, like, you could theoretically have, like, a white friend. It's almost certainly not going to happen in the South. It, once you get over, like... Seven, nine years old. Like, if your mom's like a caretaker for like a white family, maybe you would be like friends with the kids till you're like five. Once you start school, that shit stops. Um, but basically, she's like, Yeah, like, listen, if you're walking down the street and there's a white person on the sidewalk, you get the fuck off the sidewalk and you put your head down. Like, this is that's what the real reality for black people in the South, generally speaking, was. Um, so this is why you have, um, Things like there's a, a famous song, this comes out a little bit later, um, that is, is literally entitled Mississippi Goddamn because of how violent it was. And there's a, um, a really good po- uh, poem written by Abel Mirpole and then eventually turned into a song by Billie Holiday, if anyone knows the, any of these names. But uh, the, the poem goes, Southern trees bear a strange fruit, Blood on the leaves, blood on the root black bodies swinging in southern breeze strange fruit hanging from the poplar trees uh, this is like not a not a, a happy
1: time for people in the south if you're black i'm curious i <laughs> wonder because i i think there were some like african american majority cities in mississippi at the time there were there still are there are
0: usually now more. i
1: know there are but what i wonder is if the social situation was the same like if if african americans made up the majority in the city whether number 1 like would what what the social dynamic mm-hmm white people would go there, because if they were the minority, I, I don't know, I don't know if, if there, there was, if it was as, like, uh, yeah, this is
0: speaking in generalities, of course, but um, well, it, especially during Reconstruction, Recon, and I'll, I'll talk a little, a little bit about this later, but the fact that Reconstruction, first of all, the fact that after the Civil War, leadership in the Confederacy wasn't hung, they should have been hung, or at least sent to jail for the rest of their lives. Those people are traitors to the United States they should have been killed they should have been not certainly not lionized like they were later. but that aside, ending reconstruction was one of the biggest mistakes that the United States ever made It ended in eighteen seventy seven and it was yeah, it fucked the south and it fucked it ended in the the, the lives ending of, of thousands and thousands of black people. but I think that yes there were there were places that were more sorts of like um places of refuge for black people but the problem is is if you know white people racist white people there were there not everyone in the south was racist of course um a lot of them were but if they heard about it they might you know there might be a clan rally outside next if, well, especially if I you're mean like, is, quote, if unquote, getting if up there's
1: like you. a majority si- a majority african american city and there's like let's say like a single white person or whatever feels like they're the the, the, the they're disrespected or something like that, and starts trouble. Like, oh, if it's if, a single white person. Yeah. Like every if everyone in town is is African American, like who who are they gonna get to like enforce their social mores? So that's why I wonder. That yes, if it, if it was like that, I can I could see that's probably true. Or even like ten percent, twenty percent.
0: It depends how armed the black population is, because it, it this bears out throughout basically I'm not talking about people killing each other I'm just I know but about, like, no, what I'm saying is not not about like the black people killing the white people I'm saying the black people having guns stops a lot of the violence cuz it's not all just like lynchings there's a lot of like firebombings there's
1: a lot of like I'm just talking about like on this like fist fights or something like that like on the street like somebody says hey you know don't don't use this water fountain or something like that I want to use it and whatever there's like a a fist fight. I'm just I don't know. I, is, I would
0: figure if you're if you're like a family living in a town of like thousands of black people, yeah, you're probably not going to start shit. Yeah, I just wonder. But I would I, tend to to believe. Yeah. Anyway, I guess I'm just I'm just curious. But there's no yeah, way to do anything. Well, there there might be examples of that, but I haven't come across many of them. But that would be something interesting to look into. I think
1: because yeah, if there was
0: like a very very small population of white people i would be interested Or just
1: people visiting i mean it doesn't even need to be a population it could be somebody like visiting or driving through or something like that
0: i will look into see if i can find an example of that because i that actually is very interesting do you know where the word jim crow comes from Ari? uh i i learned it in high school but i can't remember uh it comes from like a minstrel show of people doing blackface there's a character called jim crow but anyway okay. just a uh, not so fun fun fact for everyone like I said Reconstruction ends in 1877 do you know why it ended so Rutherford Hayes could become president um, so fuck Rutherford Hayes, Rutherford Hayes and fuck the it, I, I blame it more on Congress there was a very weak Congress but there was a highly contested election um, and Hayes basically he lost the popular vote that's just true but eventually, they agreed to give him like the electoral college votes um, if they ended reconstruction in the South. Who's they? Uh, the radical Democrats in Congress. The radical Democrats. The radical do nothing Democrats. <laughs> but yeah. again, people should also understand that the, there was a huge party flip in the in the '60s and '70s. It lasted until the '90s, but it
1: it started happening around the '60s. So there was a. Flip in the 1860s, 1870s. <laughs> That's right, right the around the Democrats, right
0: around the Civil War. Radical Democrats trying to start this Civil War with our nice, beautiful
1: Republicans.
0: Uh, it's upsetting. It, you hate to see it, folks. You, you hate to see these dirty, dirty dog Democrats act, treat us like this. Um, <laughs> so, like I like I was saying, it's uh, it's not good. Uh, lynchings at the time were an incredibly common thing um, and also acts of like gr- group violence like things like um, tarring and feathering uh, this tapers off later and later but there's still obviously lynchings going on but these are like people don't also don't realize that these are like mass events if there was like a li- if, like someone uh, a white woman accused a, a black man of like hitting on her like uh, in like the more racist areas the whole town would come out like kids like there's uh like black and white photos I've seen from like the 40s 50s 60s um, of like whole families coming out like little little toddlers you mean to watch yeah to watch the lynchings it's uh and and pe- the other disgusting thing is that people would take like souvenirs so people would take like pieces of black people's skin and make it into leather and like make it into a wallet or like take their teeth and like ears and shit. Creepy. it's just Horrific stuff. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's not good. So when Emmett is, is leaving Chicago, he's about to get on the train. He runs up the stairs. Um, wait, wait, wait. So now he's grown up? He's 14 at this time. Yeah, we, we're, we're going to jump ahead a little bit because I don't want to talk about everything in his childhood. There's also— So why was he leaving Chicago? Uh, he was going to visit uh, relatives because, like I said, uh, his mom is from Mississippi. And she left basically to get away from the racism and find better
1: work. Why uh, didn't the mom come with them back to, to go back to Mississippi?
0: I think she had to work. Okay. As far as I know, it's a pretty long trip to send a fourteen-year-old by she, himself. Uh, he, he wasn't by himself. He was with his cousin. How so old
1: was his cousin?
0: Similar age. He's like a, a very
1: young teenager. Yeah, I would say it's still pretty young. To uh, I mean, I especially in the nineteen fifties, I suppose, to send two teenagers across the entire United States by themselves.
0: Well, Chicago to Mississippi. Yeah, it's it's far and I agree it's thousands it's, it's of miles. Pretty
1: young, is it?
0: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know the exact mileage off the top of my head. Probably at least a thousand. It's certainly a good a good number of hours down there. Um and so so he's leaving. He's getting on the train with his cousin. His cousin runs up to the train first and he's climbing up the stairs. And she she's like Kind of giving him shit. Like who's she? Oh, the cousin's a girl. No, no, his mom. His mom. Oh, his his cousin's in the train. His mom is kind of giving him a hard time because uh, he runs up the stairs like he's in a hurry to get on the train, and she says, "You're not going to say goodbye to me. You're not going to like give me a kiss." And uh, so he turns around and kind of gives her shit back, basically saying like, "Oh, I'll be back soon." Blah blah blah. And then he he gives her uh, his watch, which of course must have been an a- analog watch because. All true patriots use analog watches.
1: Yeah, I don't, they didn't have quartz until the <laughs> 1970s. <laughs> That's also a good point. Um, but he
0: gives her the watch and he says, I'm not going to need this where I'm going, which is a fucking, like, looking at it historically, fr- from, 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 from after the fact is a fucking rough statement to make. Um, but he, he kept his ring. He had, a, he had a ring from his dad, which is basically like the only thing he had from his dad. And he said he wanted to show it like show it to his friends. He said, I'm going to show it to the fellas. Um, so he gets down so to, he'd Miss-
1: been to Mississippi before. I'm, I'm
0: not sure actually this, but, uh, yeah, I'm not sure if this was his first trip or not to be f- totally fair. Um, but when he does get down to Mississippi, his, his, uh, he's with his, his great uncle. I've seen him described as his uncle and his great uncle. I think it's his great uncle. Um, uh, his name's Moses, which is a good name.
1: Mom's brother.
0: Mom. Maybe. I think it's his. I think it's his great uncle because the guy's significantly older than his mom, but that's just what I think. I think it's his great uncle. Okay. Um, so he is a sharecropper. So all the all the uh, the boys in the family are, are working picking cotton. Um, the slave uh, the the system was f- horribly fucked, and uh, uh, yeah, it, people that don't know about it should look into it. Um, but it's essentially look into it, folks. <laughs> Do your own research. It's essentially indentured servitude. I mean, it's 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 a, a couple degrees off slavery essentially. But anyway, again, because they this is all because they ended Reconstruction. Actually, I would like to at some point do a, a, a deep dive on Reconstruction because, like, on Reconstruction, there was a number of like black politicians elected, like black mayors, black uh, people in Congress, and then obviously once Reconstruction is like preemptively ended, like it all ends, and these people basically uh have no more power because they're they're basically not allowed to vote. They do these literacy tests uh we can do a literacy test on like uh one of the regular pods. It's they're like insane. They're not no white person could have passed them either. They're like fake tests, even if you were like super intelligent. It'll be like answer these thirty questions in ten minutes. And the question will be like um, of the first word that is the second letter of the third phrase, please underline three times, put a cross over the top of the second W, and tell me what is the first letter in the alphabet after the first three. And it's just like, that's Q. like, it's like one question. Exactly. It's nonsense. It's like. The answer a- always Q, Jordan. Q. Hmm. Q, clearance. Hmm. You can get banned hmm. off YouTube once <laughs> and for all. I'm not posting this on YouTube. There's no way. Uh, I'm only posting very safe pods on YouTube anymore because YouTube's a fucking piece of shit. Um, fuck Google. So uh, basically one day after they're, they're, um, in the fields all day, there are different reports. I, this is the thing about the case is that like people all have like different opinions about like the small details. Some say that Till was working. Some say that Till was like too young. Um, and he was like mostly, he would like help a little bit, but he's mostly sitting on the side regardless. Chicago
1: boy, I bet, I bet he was no fresh.
0: One of them fresh Northern boys. One of them
1: Yankees. Was this in the summer? This, uh... I assume when I he believe- was off school? This was in the summer, I mean, there's yeah. no, There's no way in hell he was working.
0: Um, I don't know.
1: Somebody from Chicago, like, going down and working, like, the sweaty Mississippi, like, a, like an urban city kid? I can't imagine it. Ari
0: Hainte, them Yanks. No, I don't, I, I don't mean that. Just, like, I know, the I know. I'm difference. just kidding. No, no, no like, it,
1: the, te- the climate is it's impossible. Oh, like. And yeah. Mississippi is a, is, a, is a hot boy. For a short little trip. And somebody who's not used to doing manual, like, manual cotton picking in the deep yeah,
0: south. Yeah. Cotton picking, is also, people should know, is, like, not easy work. It, like, destroys your body after a while because you're just, like, bent over all the time. But, yeah, it's uh, – I imagine you're probably right that he didn't do – he might have helped a little bit, but I, I doubt he's doing – uh, he didn't contribute anything. He didn't really help. He didn't really help the family, little Emmett. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so they, they're, they're in the field all day. They take a break for lunch. So they're taking a break, and then they go to, uh, they go to town, basically. And uh, How? Uh, they drive a car. What kind of car? That I don't know. But I believe there's like six or seven boys in it. So <sighs> must have been – I imagine they're all just like sitting on each other's laps and stuff. Maybe a truck. Uh, that's also possible. I don't know. I have. I didn't actually see it mentioned in any of the uh, uh, sources that I used. Um, but basically, a, a, a couple of the, the story. There's this is the other thing is that there's multiple stories about. This is like the key crux of like incident that happens that like kind of creates everything else afterwards. The and drive. There's, there's well after the drive once they get to town. So they're going to a convenience store and then oh. but there, there's all little always a mistake. Yeah. I don't know there's lots of little details about the truck about uh, unfortunately not about the truck again i don't know if it's a truck or a car i heard them call it a car but i don't know if that just means like a motorized vehicle or like an actual car so anyway he gets to the to the store this store is run by a white woman we all know all the problems come from the white women
1: you're gonna end (laughs) up like uh (laughs) what's his name the dude who got banned from all social media.
0: Now, it's very in vogue to make fun of white women now. Uh, which I, I'm obviously just joking. I'm, I don't have anything uh, against anyone for their, their race or their gender. People can be assholes of any color. Um What's name again? I don't
1: know. I, I saw him recently before he got banned. Mm-hmm. I heard about him. Pete Davidson? No, he's like, his father was a like chess champion. And the son is like a martial artist. And he's like. Oh, Joe Rogan. Big massage. <laughs> Joe Rogan's not <laughs> half. Uh, oh, his father's African American. I think ha- maybe half African American. I can't uh-huh. remember. And the son, I oh, forget his name. Anyway, there's a whole bunch of stuff now that people are like freaking out about him getting banned, even though he's been, he's been on social media for a long time. They just suddenly found out about him. I don't know who
0: that is. I haven't heard about it. Unless I, maybe I have. I just don't know who you're talking about. Sounds weird. I'm not gonna get banned though, hopefully not. And if I do, well, probably better for my mental health anyway. <clears throat> um, so anyway, there's little different little differences in some of these accounts, but the the things that we know is that someone went in the store before him, one of one of the, his little gang, and then came out, and then he goes in to buy some gum. He buys reportedly two cents worth of gum, which at in 1955, I can only imagine, is like 10 pounds. <laughs> and then then he comes out, right? This, we, this much we know. There are different reports from different people. The woman working in the store who owned, she was, well, she didn't own it because her husband owned it, and women couldn't own anything in the 1950s. Um, that's not true. That's pretty much true. It's not totally true, but broadly speaking, it is true.
1: I mean, they could, they could vote. They could definitely own property.
0: They could vote. Um, but if they you. Have full if full rights. Mm, no. Because, I mean, women, I mean, even until like the 1980s, you couldn't take out a credit card without your, your husband's permission.
1: Yeah, but that's talking about like being whether a company will give a loan to you. That's not a legal right. You don't, nobody has a legal it's still
0: right. That's di- still discrimination based on yeah, but race.
1: Discrimination. Well, no, gender. But there's well, discri- gender, that's why I meant. that's There's I mean. discrimination all the time. Why? I mean, we as men pay more for car insurance. That's not discrimination. Right? It is. I mean, I feel like it is discriminatory, isn't it? Is it not? It's based on. It's based on statistics.
0: Statistics, but d- d- not d- credit on st- credit cards are are not.
1: Yeah, yeah, they are. Well, whether they're going to loan to you is fully based but d- on statistics. Literally
0: giving no no credit cards to women is not. That's a, that's just uh. You're saying that women are not capable of doing something. I'm not saying him. that.
1: I'm saying I know. I know. I know. I know you're not saying probably that. at the time that was based off the idea, which of course was not true, in the 1940s and 30s that a lot of women didn't work. I would assume. I mean, I'm not making excuses for it. I'm just saying that like it's it's not. Uh, it's. I don't know if it's fully accurate to say that women had no rights.
0: No, no. I'm not saying they had no rights. I'm less, saying I'm saying less they had legal rights. I, I would say they they did have less legal rights. Um, <clears throat> We 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 can go into this sometime on if we if we get into something about like things like abortion and stuff like that they did have less control over their bodies certainly than than men did um, you could argue even until today but <clears throat> anyway so uh, she's co let's let's say she's co-owner I don't actually know like how this broke down but anyway her and her husband run this store this general store she says that. In difference, it depends on which story she tells because there were different stories where she gave different details. Usually, she says she uh, reached her hand out for the money. Till grabbed it and said, how about a date baby? There are other stories where she says he rounded, like, the, the, uh, the counter and, like, mm-hmm. grabbed her by the waist and was, like, saying, like, I've been with white women before, blah, blah, blah.
1: Well, I just <clears> check the CCTV. <laughs> yeah, that's right.
0: Okay. The 1955 closed circuit <laughs> camera. That's right. Um but we 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 obviously don't know if any of that's true. Till's mom, she's obviously also biased. She says that like Till was really respectful of women. Who knows? When you're, you know, when 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 boys are out with their other boys, sometimes they try to impress the other boys. And he was kind of like a kid that would like try to impress people. And they said he was like really funny. But she, another reason that she gave that she didn't think Emmett could have done this is because he had a stutter. And so she didn't think that he would have been able to get it out. And this will play an important role in something that we did know happened, um, at least according to like 90 plus percent of of the sources, is that Emmett comes out and then uh, Carolyn comes out, Carolyn Bryant, the person that runs the store. And they said uh, that he whistled at her. And almost everyone says that he whistled at her. Some people say that it was like – because his mom said that sometimes he would whistle to clear his stutter. A lot of people just said that it was like a wolf whistle. Do you know that phrase? No. This is a phrase that I also just learned. Wolf whistle is the... That that whistle. It's called a wolf whistle. because Because of like a... It came from... Originally from a cartoon. Okay. So anyway, this is the allegation. And then they see her go towards her car. So they think she's going to get a gun. And she might have been going to get a gun. Because there's testimony from her that says she was. She was going to get a gun. So they fucking book it to their car and they rip the fuck out of town and go back to Uncle Moses' house. Probably a smart idea. Probably a smart idea. Thankfully, they weren't followed because they could have all been killed. <clears throat> Till is like, please, please, please do not tell Uncle about this. Like, I will be in, up shit's creek. His cousins are like, maybe you should go back to Chicago. Like, you might need to leave. Uh, that might be a good idea. Um, and it probably might have been, though it may have not stopped any of the violence that, that happened in, in, in any case.
1: So wait a minute. <clears throat> the lady claimed that he grabbed her by the waist.
0: In some cases, her story changes. And there's there's also a book that came out recently from a Duke professor mm-hmm. um, that I will, I, I will talk about it also a little bit later. Um, but he alleges that Bryant confessed that the whole thing was fucking made up. Like every bit of it was. Made so why up. were they telling him to flee town? Because she came out of the store, basically, and, and, and he up. whistled at her. He whistled at her. So this he is needs almost to a flee certain, town mm. for whistling at her. Yeah, this is how racist some of these places were. This is—I'm not saying every white person or every black person that whistled at a white woman in the South would have had to f- flee for their lives, but it's a, its a serious possibility. It's just some shit you did not do.
1: So I can mm-hmm. imagine like on the spot it's hard to picture them like hunting down somebody for whistling like well, it, it would be one thing where like hey don't whistle at my girl and then maybe like something would, would you ha- would probably at least get a beating but th- that's not the same thing as being hunted where they like hunt you down They like try certainly and, certainly, you'd get different that's insane. you'd get
0: different reactions from different people it just depends and the other thing is we don't know what Carolyn Bryant told her husband
1: hmm.
0: she could have said like oh he like tried to
1: he tried to slip his hand up my skirt, or something, mm, whatever yeah, it is. We don't, we don't, know. Okay. So, so no, I'm just wondering why they're telling him to flee town. Because you're saying this is nothing to do with what comes later. This is saying that they're already freaking out like something huge. Yeah. The, the,
0: again, Mississippi and this area of Mississippi in particular is like a little bit extra with its racism.
1: How far were they away from town though, and how well did they know every, like every black person in town was like known by every white person, where they would be able to find them. That I don't know the intimate details of, but what I, uh, from looking at people who were interviewed um,
0: after the fact, uh-huh. you would get different things from different people. The sheriff was an incredible racist. I have some quotes from him later. How many people lived in the town? Uh, that I, the exact population, I don't know. It wasn't big, though. It wasn't big. It was probably similar to something like where I used to live, like a couple thousand people, maybe.
1: <clears throat>
0: so you're thinking they would have known where to go? They, they, they did know where to go. They okay. knew exactly where to go. They knew these kids. They okay. knew these kids for sure. They okay. didn't know Emmett because Emmett was obviously new. Mm-hmm. But basically, they, so they get home. They don't tell the, grand, the, the uncle. They wait, and they wait, and they wait. And They're like, okay, nothing happened. All right, we're probably good, right? Mm-hmm. Three days later, two, at about around 2 a.m., 2 banging on the door. Two white men outside, flashlights and guns. The uncle's house. You the mean? uncle's house. Okay. Moses lets them in. Why? Because, oh, because he doesn't it, know. Well, they have guns. He opens the door. It's two white men with guns in his face. They're like, is that guy, is the, is the fat, I think the word they used was, is the fat boy from Chicago here?
1: How do they know he's from Chicago?
0: Uh, that I'm not sure of. Probably news around town. You never lived in like a small town as I have. News gets around very quick. Someone new comes to town, everyone's yeah, but telling you, someone else. But we're talking about a racially segregated city. They're li- I mean they live in like kind of like the country in money mississippi like they're they're living closer to like to the farm, so they're
1: they're not like that's why in- I'm wondering because it's not like a, it's not like an integrated city where everyone's friends and stuff. You're talking about two basically completely segregated groups of people, oh, oh. one living in the countryside and the other I'm assuming living upstairs in town. Well, I think some of them did
0: live in town, but here's the thing is that like. They, they still everyone still has to go to town to get supplies and things like that right they know they know who they are and Moses also what I haven't mentioned yet is that he's also the the pastor of one of the local churches okay so he, people know him okay so <clears throat> so I I don't know the exact how they know he's from Chicago they, and this this is also just what they reported this Who's, is what people who said. reported this the, the the family or the police I don't or? know who exactly see this is the other thing is I'm just reading from these from these books. Some of them are primary. I read from like some newspapers and magazines as well. Some of them are primary sources. Some of them are like like uh, academic books. So they don't <clears throat> they don't always state exactly who the information came from. That's sketchy. Well, I mean, they just cite like a bunch of sources. Um, so and the other thing is that again, like a lot of these books will have slightly different details on like some of the smaller stuff. But anyway, so. Even if the fat boy from Chicago is not exactly what... Was he fat? The Oh, the fat boy from Chicago, actually, I do I do have that detail. It, the uncle said that in his testimony. Okay. Okay. So... So it probably did happen. So I would assume so. The uncle seems very credible. Um, he seems like a very good... Like a very genuine and good guy, too. Also incredibly brave, as we'll learn through this. So these, he lets them in. I mean... I don't know if they had a gun in the house. My assumption is not. But if two white men show up in the middle of the night with guns already in your face, I don't think you're going to like tell them to fuck off because they'll bring the Klan back or the White Citizens Council and burn down your house. Um, so basically, they go through the house and they eventually find Emmett. Like The other kids are waking up and they're just like, go the fuck back to sleep. Don't look at me. They're obviously liberally using the N-word as a lot of the white people in this story do, um, which I will not be saying. Um, they find Nancy. Him. Yeah, Na- Nancy, Nancy Pelosi, nasty woman. So, they eventually find Emmett in like the third bedroom or something. Um, and they tell him to come with them. Obviously, the uncle and the aunt are pleading with him, like, please don't take him. We'll give you money if you want to like whip him, like you want to beat on him for. A li- I don't mean like whip with a whip. I mean yeah, like, I mean. yeah, do that, but don't take him. Like, just please don't take him away from here. And they're like, we're gonna go teach the boy a lesson, basically. They take him outside the car. And again, from the uncle's testimony, he says, what they, they approach the outside of the car and they ask, is this the boy? And then the, a voice from inside, which he said it sound, f- sounded female, but he didn't know for sure, said yes. So most people assume that it's Carolyn Bryant, but we, we don't know that for sure. So basically, even the men, however much you can believe them, because, spoiler, they're fucking murderers they say that they were just going to take him to like beat to beat on him to sca- they they said they wanted to scare him cuz he's he's used to being in like a more integrated society now the north is not a fucking bastion of equality but it's a lot better than the south in a lot of ways so they're saying like basically we, we want to teach him that he's not as good as white people is his like what they're saying so they take him out and they're like trying to scare him and stuff and he's like a defiant 14-year-old he's like no he's like i'm as good as you he tells them this like multiple times and they, they have guns and stuff, whatever. They're trying to scare him, I, which is th- – again, this could all be bullshit. He could have been crying the whole time, and they could have just been using this as, like, an excuse. Like, oh, he, he wasn't in his pl- – he didn't know his place, like this kind of thing. Because this was li- legitimately – and you'll hear from some of these quotes how, how, how they thought about this. Um, so what happens is that basically the first thing they do is they take him to uh, the first location. And they pistol-whip the fuck out of him. Uh, they're just beating on this kid, and then they said even that like didn't scare him enough. He was still defiant, basically. So they make him, they make him like get get back in the back of the truck and move to another location.
1: Why do they keep moving him?
0: Um, this is probably because they wanted to torture him. If I'm being honest with what I think. But but why the moving? What what is why. Wh- uh, someone in different
1: places, doesn't well, he? they were
0: they uh, they were pistol whipping and I mean everyone admits this. I don't know what the reasoning is, but they basically ended up moving him to a barn um, on one of the guy's places. This is not the wife of Carolyn Bryant. So the, the two men are Roy Roy Bryant, who's Carolyn Bryant's wife, the store lady husband. Husband. What did I say? Wife. Yeah. yeah. Carolyn Bryant is the wife of Roy Bryant, yeah, yeah. and then it's there's weird. his half brother is J.W. Millum. Okay. So these are the two men. So they, they take him to the second location. This, this is a barn on Milam's... The Milam family property, let's say. Um, so <clears throat> it's really hard to say exactly what happened. Because um, we don't know what happened pre and post, post-mortem. Um, but what they say, which again, I don't know if you should believe these guys, is they basically beat him up for a long time. They eventually have him load a, um, a a gin fan for a cotton gin, and they load it on the back of a truck, and then um, have him. He, they have him load it and then get in the back of the truck, and they drive him out to the Tallahatchie River, like this secluded spot. And they say basically, they say, uh, are you still as good as me? And he says, yes. And he says, have you still been with white women? Because that's the, another thing that they allege she said to... Uh, Carolyn Bryant, is that I've been with white women before, so, like, don't, you don't need to be scared. And he says yes. Now, whether again, whether this happened, we don't know. And then they, they shoot him in the head. Okay. Then they tie him to the gin fan with barbed wire around his neck and dump him in the Tallahatchie River. However, um, when his body was found, it was far more mutilated than this. We don't know if that's because of some things that happened in the weathering, but it's – according to, like, multiple coroners, the, the boy was tortured. Like, he – I'll give you some of the details. Um, but yeah, basically his like one of his eyes was missing. Uh, the other eye was hanging out like onto his cheek. They said it looked like he had been hit in the top of the head with an axe. His mom said that he could see all the way through the bullet wound all the way through his head. Um, he was missing his genitals. like a lot of again, some of this could have happened. like there could have been because an- it takes three days to find the body. A fisherman finds it three days later. It could have been that, like, some of the animals got at him, but he was at least severely, severely, severely beaten by the, how much swelling was on his face um, by the time that they actually killed him. But who knows to a deg- w- what degree they actually tortured him. But anyway, so this fisherman finds him, calls the police. Um, basically, they ship the body up, up back up to Chicago. And... Who's the, they? Uh, the county, I assume... So the government's paying for it. The local government. That's what I assume. I don't know the exact uh, exact details on Weird. that. Weird. It it could have also been that they they asked the uh, the family to pay for it. I'm not 100 percent sure on that.
1: They could have also possibly gotten the
0: the the federal government to do it. I have no idea because it's crossing federal lines. But anyway, he gets back up there. <gasps> Funeral director calls Till's mom, Mamie, and she goes in and. Um, the casket is, like, nailed shut. So she's like, no, I want to see if it's my boy, basically. And the guy was like, well, I can't open it. And I don't know if it's that he can't because he's been ordered not to or if he wouldn't. Um, but she's like, fuck it. She's like, do you have a hammer? And he's like, yes. And she's like, then I'll open it my damn self. And he's like, uh, I need to, like, I'll give you a call, basically. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this back to the morgue and give you a call. So she thought maybe he was just gonna kind of like disappear it, but she he call he calls her later, and she goes and and meets him, and she said when she got within like three two or three blocks of the, of the morgue, she said she could smell the body. Well, already.
1: here's the thing, I'm, I mean this is awful, but it was sitting in water for three days, and then they absolutely. shipped it from Mississippi up to Chicago, absolutely, probably by slow unrefrigerated trains. absolutely. So yeah, that's that's a. That's decomposition for you yeah yeah
0: decomposition uh I've only smelled it thankfully with animals but it it it's bad it's a very bad smell um but yeah this is what she says she's she's so she's walking down there and she says she can, she can smell it like multiple blocks away um and she gets into the she gets into the morgue and there's like her family members are around her because they think she's gonna faint and she's like. And they're also kind of trying to hold her back. They're like, "You don't need to see this. Like, there's no reason to do this right now." She's like, "No, I need to like identify the body. I need I need to know." And she's like, "I'm not going to pass out. Like, I have a job to do here." Basically, She, she sees the body. I don't know if you've seen pictures. There are pictures of of Emmett Till. No, it's um, it's probably one of the more haunting images I've seen. And I don't know. I like kind of want to encourage people to see it. But if you have trouble with like seeing bodies don't look at it, it's fucked, it's really bad, I saw it when I was in junior high school, in a, no, 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 probably early high school, when I was taking a civil war and rights class, and it's, uh, it's haunting, but this, this is the point, because she's, the coroner asked her, uh, like, basically, you want to have, like, a closed casket funeral, she's like, no, no, we're having an open casket funeral, he's like, well, I can clean it up, try to make it look more, she's like, no, 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 we're not doing any of that shit, like, I'm showing what basically what these fucking monsters did to my boy. Like we're going to show the whole world what happens in fucking rural Mississippi. Um and so the guy, the coroner's like uh okay. I I I mean I guess so. And uh when they have this open funeral. Yeah, so she she decides to have an open casket. Um and when she does uh, a huge amount of people show up for for the funeral there are thousands and thousands of people um, why because it starts to get out to the press that like this horrific murder murder of a fourteen year old has
1: happened mm-hmm. um, so not people who knew him it was I mean, uh, some, of course yeah of course, some, some, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I but mean al- he probably didn't know thousands of people no, no 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 this this is
0: it's starting to get to the press basically over this time that there's been a lynching here's the other thing is that the lynching happened in the South, but the body is now in the North. Yeah. So the body's in Chicago, so people can more freely come. If a lynching happened in the South, and it was in a racist area, obviously, because there was a lynching, it's much less likely that like, a bunch of people are going to travel yeah, down there. Yeah. This is also pre, uh, like I said, like Freedom Rides and things like that, where like, masses of people got together and basically to say, like, fuck you to the South, where they also got the shit kicked out of them. Um, but anyway, so, so they basically have a, a three-day open viewing for this casket. they The, the family goes and then they just say, leave it open for three days. We want people to see this. <clears throat> Pictures are taken of the body and, and like things like, there's like um, black-owned magazines, like Jet is like a famous one. I don't know if anyone knows what that is. But if you study this stuff, Jet is like an important black-owned Chicago-based magazine. They like publish the photos and stuff. So like people are starting to see this. Um, and so afterwards... Uh, eventually, the murderers are arrested, which is surprising because, like I said, the sheriff is a racist, intensely racist piece of shit. He looks like a low bra- low Ray LBJ, Bush League LBJ, let's say. Um, and he again, liberally uses the N word, but I guess LBJ kind of did too. He 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 also used the N word, moderate amount.
1: Wait, so why did he arrest them if he's a if he's just a racist? I guess he was being forced to by pressure he was being
0: pressured i assume he was probably being pressured by places like the fbi that were like you got to at least try to make this look like it's not a complete cover up okay and so um this kind of increases the push um and we'll i'll, I'll talk about this a little bit more in a, in a bit but it pushes even more uh this idea of like uh pushing for this anti-lynching legislation which is like even hard to get today so um but, but it, it kind of begins this snowball push of, like, moving against uh, this lynching stuff. Emmett Till's mom immediately starts getting death threats because they're going to go take this thing to trial. And <laughs> this is, like, it's fucked up, but it's, like, kind of shows how, like, people have never changed. I mean, I guess you could go to, like, Pompeii and stuff to, like, see how this stuff's never changed. But, like, she starts getting dick pics in the mail. Like, racist people start sending her dick pics, which is, like, fucking weird. Like, I don't know. But anyway
1: in yeah, the 1950s, getting getting a picture of your own genitalia developed I'm sure, by somebody else. I'm sure
0: it was probably just, like, maybe a Polaroid.
1: They didn't have Polaroids in the 50s. When was the
0: first Polaroid?
1: I think it was in the 60s or 70s, but they definitely did not have them in the 50s.
0: I didn't know they didn't have any Polaroids. No. Dang. Wow, that's... Okay, anyway, so, yeah, e- either developing your own film or, or paying someone to I'll develop a picture of your wiener uh, is pretty fucking ridiculous. Um... But anyway, obviously it's like messed up, but it's just interesting how like how much society has changed and how little it has changed at the same time. She also obviously gets a bunch of uh uh threatening phone calls. So I I I told you I would give you uh, some examples of how insane this uh, this sheriff is.
1: They had one in 1948, but it looks like it was like a kind of prototype. It wasn't it doesn't look like it was very popular, but it's hard to know exactly like how many people had it, but yeah, the first one came out in '48 apparently. Okay, well, either way, whether they're getting the developer or not, it's it's still they're like a giant. giant. It's not like for selfies. Like this is what it looks right, like. right, right, right. It looks
0: like the like a, a, a camera from like the 1890s. Yeah. In any belliest. case, in any case, it's it's a lot more work than it is today to send a, a dick pic, and uh, it's also like extra fucked up. It's it's always fucked up to send an unsolicited dick pic. But it's extra fucked up to send it over to a grieving mother, obviously. Yes. But like I was going to say, the sheriff in the region, his name was H.C. Strider. One of his quotes is that we never have any trouble until some of our southern, in words, go up north and the NAACP talks to them. Like, this is... I just want to make it clear, people. Like, racist as fuck. Like, people in power uh, in certain... Especially in this area were. Um... And they were putting jars in convenience stores, basically to like uh, to give donations to the the two murderers. Um, and so when they have the when they have the trial, the courtroom's fucking absolutely packed, like everywhere packed. Like there are people sitting like in the windows and stuff. Of course, all the white people are allowed to sit wherever they want. The black people have to sit in the back. Um, that's segregation for you. Um, and there are like so many reports that I saw of like these white. Uh, Reporters coming down from like like New York or like Chicago to down to the trial, and and like I said, Money, Mississippi, and just like they were amazed that there was like all the white people knew that these two guys had killed Emmett Till, and they were like more upset that there was like a big deal being made of it. Mm -hmm. Like, why are you coming all the way down? This is not a big deal, we're just gonna let this go. We just need to let this go. Little he got a little lippy. Whatever it was, and he got what he deserved, basically. And, like, these people are, like, horrified at this. Um, they're used to, like, a little, you know, lunch counter segregation. They're not used to, like, a kid getting—a f- a 14-year-old fucking kid getting his fucking dome split because he decided to talk to—or at least, all we know, wh- whistle at a white woman. So uh, Mo Moses Wright, which is, like I said, his uncle. He, usually, they, people usually call him Mo, but his name is Moses he's a pretty pretty brave guy he's the first guy to testify for the for state uh for the state for the prosecution and this from what i heard from numerous people uh is basically like a pretty much a death sentence for him he's at least going to be harassed for the rest of his life uh if not killed for for doing this cuz he's he basically accuses both of them he says like in open court in front of like a ton of white people just like no these are the guys that did it um and he's quoted as saying I know one thing. I know I'm going to testify. Whether I live, I don't know. And if people are familiar with like the Black Freedom Struggle, Medgar, Medgar Evers was a real um, big part of this uh, of this trial. He, he helped a lot with um, getting people to actually testify. Um, he also, eventually, would, would also be assassinated by a racist fuckstick in 1963. Um, but he was the first... Uh, field secretary for the NAACP so like a really important person um Carolyn Bryant pretty much goes up and like lies on the stand um like I said there's there's a book called The Blood of Emmett Till by um Timothy B. Tyson who's a Duke professor he says that she recanted to him she basically said everything I said was a lie uh on the stand and and also what I said happened in the store was all bullshit um but he's kind of the only source for this, so it's hard to say. After the – so you have a couple other people tr- come forward. Like there's a guy named Willie Reed, a young teenager, who says that he heard them torturing Emmett Till, and he saw like the men come outside. So he, he testifies. Mo testifies. A number of other black people in the community testify. And basically all of them end up fleeing like right after the trial. They basically end up leaving. Yeah, that's not surprising. No, not at all. Um, a lot of, like, Mo, Moses moves up north uh, to Chicago with his
1: family. Especially if they're sharecroppers. They probably don't have any assets anyways. Right? Oh, and you would basically. have,
0: yeah, and you, would, you would have no, no shot at having a job after this. They would fire you. Because Milam was basically what amounted to, like a, like, a slave hand at the time. Like, a sharecropper hand. I don't know exactly what you want to call it. But, like, he basically kept the sharecroppers in line. Who's Melam so Milam? Milam is the half brother of okay. of the husband of of Carolyn. Okay. Okay. Hey, of Roy. The um, overseer. Basically, yeah. Basically, the same thing, but for sharecroppers. So basically, you have this all white, all male jury. I mean, what does anyone think happens? They deliberated for like an hour and eight minutes or something. Hour and four minutes. They come back and deliver not guilty on all charges, including kidnapping charges. Um, even before the verdict was read, Emmett Till's mom left. Basically, when they went to deliberate, she just left. She's like, "She's like, I know they're not going to find him guilty. I just wanted to come and you know do the right thing." Basically, mm-hmm. um, the foreman of the jury said that we would have come back sooner, but we stopped to have a coke because the they, they were basically told to make it look good. These Wait, are like all who
1: did he say that to?
0: To the press.
1: Oh, so yeah, that's they, pretty... They,
0: they just said it openly, yeah. This was all said openly.
1: Yeah, that's pretty That's pretty open.
0: And again, there, there there's. A, it's interesting to read because there are some people that basically said, like... There was no one who was like, this is a wonderful paradise for black people. But there were people who said, like, you know, we kind of get along. You know, like, white and black people, we, we, we both know our roles, basically. And we kind of get along. Like, I got no animus for black people. I like living with them, blah, blah, blah. So there, there's definitely a spectrum. It's not like everyone in this city is, like, a racist... um but reading like notes of the trial, you can tell like when black people accuse white people, or like a, a black person talks bad about a white person, there's like audible gaps, gasps. So there's there's a hefty amount of people, and I don't know that all the people in the um, in the audience for the trial were from there. They could have been racist from other counties in Mississippi.
1: Well, it sounds something. like they're also some of them are also journalists and stuff, right? Certainly,
0: I don't think the journalists are like the racist, though. I mean, maybe no, some I'm not saying they're
1: they're. Well, if if you're in a quiet courtroom, it only takes a couple of gasps, you know, to be like, uh, I'm, not, this, I'm not minimizing. This might be true. No, I'm no, not no, trying no. to minimize, I mean, like, how, how yeah. it is. I'm just saying a lot of this is kind of, like, uh, subjective, like, whatever, like, how, how loud people gasp in the room. It's hard to quantify the, the quantity of racism. It sounds honestly like... Everyone is racist. It's just the degree, even for someone who said, oh, we get along, but everyone just knows their exactly. place. Exactly. That's, that, that's,
0: that's the point I'm saying is like there were probably a few people who were like the, the abolitionist types, but not many of them in Mississippi. And, yeah, I think everyone kind of had these ideas, these, at least to some degree, some racial animus or, or ideas about racial hierarchy. In 19, January 24th, 1956, this is after the trial – Because I've seen people online say, like, well, they were found, you know, innocent, so you can't say that they're guilty. Well, the problem with that is that uh, there's a magazine called Look Magazine. They paid the two murderers $4,000, and because they couldn't get tried again because of double jeopardy, they literally just admitted to everything.
1: Even even if they hadn't. I mean, you know, just because somebody in the 1950s. Even now, I mean just because somebody's acquitted, like legally you have to be careful what you say, but you could still say that they they're very likely guilty. And these guys, I that's think it's pretty saying. obvious. They, like there's a lot of show trials.
0: Yeah. And this is like they admitted it. They literally admitted all of their crimes. They admitted that in some of the details maybe lies to make themselves look better or what they think might make them look better. Um, but they admitted to killing him. So they they did it. And like anyone that's trying to obfuscate the fact I, I, I was looking for documentaries and videos and I saw one video that was fucking disgusting of some guy he wasn't like none of it's true but he was like trying to like poke holes and like all this stuff mm-hmm. and he was clearly like trying to minimize it and he's like well we don't know it's like why are you not talking about any of the fucking facts that we know like the fact that both of them admit that they fucking murdered a 14 year old kid because at worst he put his hands on a white woman. well at the very
1: least they kidnapped him which is itself like I mean, a very serious crime, but it's almost certain that he murdered them too. It's not. It's, so, who's I mean, making that? I mean, who's saying that? Fucking, Is that like a modern it, thing?
0: It was, yeah, yeah it, was, it was a video that had come out in the last couple of years. They, this, Some they, people they, like me, all admitted kinds of to murdering him. It's not like they, they, they were like, we didn't do it till their deathbeds. So, no, they fucking admitted it months after the trial. I feel like deathbeds
1: are even more uh, believable because people usually won't lie on their deathbeds. But they weren't—they like. weren't on their deathbeds
0: when they admitted it. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But I mean, uh, yeah. Anyway, it's there's there's literally zero doubt in my mind. You the, you you could not convince me that the, these guys were not the fucking people that, that 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 murdered him. But as fucking sad as it all is, I think there are like like I said, kind of at the beginning, there are some good things that came out of this. Like you can never say it's like a positive that a fucking 14 year old got killed because of his race, but thankfully it hasn't all been like negative. Um, obviously, the story itself is. I, I want to reiterate that. I'm like trying to make li- like make light of that or anything, but a lot of these things are just basically bush- brushed on the rug. Like you can see how quickly this process was. That was like, yeah, well, we don't give a fuck. And this is especially because of the, the the second birth of the KKK, which happened in the early 1910s and 20s, um, which we sh- we can thank people like. Uh, President Wilson for, um, who's a racist piece of shit that should rest in piss. This led to the creation, like I said, of the of the second second birth of the KKK. Also, white citizens councils, which actually started like the year before Till was was murdered. Do you know what white citizens councils were?
1: I assume it's just like a kind of like a, a racial organization, kind of vigilante justice, something like that. Yeah, they
0: were they were more on the. They would do vigilanteism, but they were mostly on like the planning side, whereas the KKK was on the violence side. But they would kind of like have, like you know, yeah, city council meetings basically about how how we can keep black people down, essentially. But yeah, these things exploded. Uh, racist troglodytes were all over the place, and especially in places of power, especially in places like police departments. But in spite of that, you had Till, and his like this defiant spirit that like even even the people that murdered him were admitted um, kind of encouraged people to start like fighting back essentially so and like not just like average people which is really good but also like people that you know like Rosa Parks said she was thinking of him when she was like doing uh, not giving up her seat and I think I'm gonna do one on Rosa Parks at some point because I think it's like criminal how little people know about Rosa Parks like they think she was just like some woman going to work like, that whole shit was, like, totally planned out. She had been an NAACP worker for, like, years before that. She was in the Deep South documenting rape cases and for, for the NAACP. And then, eventually, they, like, like, one quick example is, like, they had a plan, but, like, some girl that was going to do it before her, because they wanted, like, someone young and innocent, they were going to use her, and then she got pregnant, and so they pulled her from, from doing it, from sitting on the bus, because they were going to try to do a bus boycott, so they pulled her and then they gave it to Rosa Parks who was like working working at the NAACP at the time. This is interesting. But anyway, I, w- I want to do a story about her sometime cuz people need p- people should understand more about her. Also MLK, MLK was also said he was like in- inspired a lot by that. But again, a lot of people were and like essentially right after this, you see like a huge explosion in the the Black Freedom Movement. I'm not accounting all of that to Till uh, Till's murder and his Bravery in, in in the face of like uh, white oppression, but I think it certainly had a big thing uh, a big impact, and I think it was a catalyst for a lot of people to be like, no, we're not fucking dealing with this shit anymore. Lastly, I think it's important that like people don't forget about the fact that like this isn't like like a lot of shit has changed, shit has gotten better because people fought against it, but like shit like this still happens. Like we still have modern day lynchings. Like just recently, Ahmad Arbery was fucking that was a lynching. Like he's going for a jog and like three white men like chasing gun him down. Like that shit still happens. There was a, a story um, back in 1998 of a guy named James Byrd who was just chained to a car and dragged to death. Like, and then George Floyd, obviously, I think it, I think a lot of these fucking lynchings, they're not all black people, honestly. They happen to like all kinds of people. Just like the lynchings um, in the early 1900s were not all black people. They were predominantly black people, like 80, 80 plus percent black people, but they happened to white allies, Jewish people. Um, there's a... During... Uh, around the Freedom Summer, there's also, like, a really interesting case, and there was... Two, two of the prominent people were, were Jewish people who got killed. They went to help uh, black people organize to vote. And they were they were both killed. Yeah,
1: I know that case.
0: Yeah, that case is, like... There's movies about that fucking case. Um, but even, like, uh, Chinese people, all kinds... Of, you know, people got lynched, basically, for their race or for... Helping Black people organize things like that, so it's it's not like it. It's just uh, it, it was just Black people, and just like today, it's not just Black people, and uh, we need to fucking fight this shit
1: wherever we can. It's a uh, it, it's it's pretty upsetting. Uh, the the that happens. I mean, all over the world. It's not an, an American thing. It's just well, how do you define lynching? Because you're you, I think you're kind of stretching the word talking about police killings as lynchings. The way I understand lynching is like vigilante. Violence where basically you're... It's usually, like, directed against a kind of minority group. Well... How are you defining it?
0: Yeah, similarly.
1: But I think, I think things like... A corrupt police officer, or a, let's say, a police officer abusing their office, I wouldn't consider that a lynching because it's not, like, vigilante justice.
0: Is it not? I mean, no, it's not vigilante. Out, you're, at, you're acting outside of
1: your power, though. It's an. It, I mean that that would be yeah misuse of power, but that's not that's not the same thing. That's not vigilanteism. That's misuse of power. Though. Two different things. Okay, you know?
0: I think I think it's similar enough for me to to count it. But uh, that's I think that's a that's a fair distinction. Um, but yeah, the other two I said were definitely definitely were they hunted down and killed a, a, a person because they were a different color than them
1: yeah there, right now you see it all over the world you see it in Certainly. I've seen a lot of it in uh in ukraine and it's it's political in this sense where they're lynching people who are suspected of collaborating on on both sides of the mm-hmm. the Russian lines now where they're lynching people who are suspected of collaborating with either government and' right. it's kind of i think in in ukraine proper it's mostly people who are suspected of collaborating with the Russian government. In that case, it's like, it's really murky, because it is a war time, and you're collaborating with the enemy. So I don't know. What do you think about I, that? I still
0: think you, you, you should always try to do it as judiciously as possible. So, well, there's
1: no, I mean, you, they're under military occupation you by could, you a could, foreign army. You could,
0: you could at least have, you know, take it to the MPs, basically.
1: No, no. I'm saying they're under occupation, I know, you know in Russian territory in russian controlled oh, territory yeah. the MPs are Russian soldiers, so yeah, their lynchings then, are assassin like you know
0: yeah then that that is like a completely different thing yeah that that's tough i mean I feel like you still have to try to even if you're in your little community, you have to try i, I would say you can't just kill someone without giving them some sort of trial, but it, of course it's incredibly difficult in that situation that's like one of the most difficult situations you can do it in
1: yeah I'm, I'm not I'm not like trying to justify it or saying. No, yeah, I know. I'm not making a judgment. I'm glad I'm not in that situation. That's all I can say. Yeah, no kidding. It's a uh, that's a horrific
0: one, but I would say it's a it's a more specific one, and I I do agree with you. It happens all over the world, whether in war zones or not. Um, but I think that's why we have to like give uh, a lot of scrutiny to these things and like not allow it to just happen and be like well it was a pa- it was in the past or something cause totally. we allow shit like that to happen again totally
1: but I think I, I don't think that's exclusive to lynchings I think that's just about violence in general and uh, I think we have an extremely violent culture where like basically everything is everything is just simply solved with violence
0: in, in and the places,
1: th- answer for a lot of people is just more violence in
0: different places I would say to different degrees but overall yeah I think I America. In, in America certainly in America, certainly, but I think that's again why we need to scrutinize these things and and critique them, and say like, can we we, we have to do better? We cannot do, um, we cannot continue doing doing this shit. Um, I don't think it's, I don't think it's gonna start. I think it, the it, culture I, is
1: getting deeper. Certainly, into it. if
0: you don't if you don't do anything about it, though, it's it it won't get. Well, what, any
1: okay, so what what would your solution be then?
0: Um, I mean, the Second Amendment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously, I don't. I don't think that's an answer. I think the U.S. has passed prohibition of guns. I think you could do another assault weapons ban. I do also think that some of it is cultural. Like obviously, you have more guns, you're going to have more deaths. That's just statistically
1: borne out. So then, what's the solution? If, if I think I, that, agree, I agree with I think you, think it then, is you cultural. To, then you then
0: you have to attack the. You have to talk about the culture. You have to say like, oh, you're like you want to be a gun owner. Okay, that's great. I don't think but it's even. You need to, you need to fucking. Get trained and you need to like have adequate mental health.
1: I think that's a tiny piece of it. I think f- to the bottom of the culture. I think in America and you can compare it to Taiwan from the very basis of it, it's that you just use violence to solve problems. Like if you if somebody talks shit to you in the street, you you attack them, you physically attack them. They use physical violence to yeah, deal no, no. with every issue. Totally. And that and that often escalates into into yeah, into gun violence. But whether or not you have guns, I mean uh, you look at the UK, which doesn't have guns, and they have an epidemic of stabbings. Like it's, it's because the UK basically shares a lot of the extremely violent culture with the United States, where Ooh, yeah. problems we, we are still so- Like
0: the the old drug commercials. Where did you where where did you get this? I learned it from you, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, no, I totally agree. We definitely that's definitely a shared culture. But I mean, yeah, it happens all over the world. <clears throat>
1: Of course, of happens, course.
0: I mean, the fucking, I mean, look at places like fucking sub-Saharan Africa.
1: Well, Africa has thousands of different cultures, but what's interesting is, I would say the most violent is South Africa, because their their level of violent crime is insane, and a lot of that is like. A lot of that is vigilantism, like horrific vigilantism.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, they also have like a very fucked past with fucking apartheid, so... Uh, some of that makes sense, but again, I think I think it all boils down to... Yes, it's, it's very complicated, it's very mixed, but I think it comes down to... I always say this, and as an educator, it's probably a little bit fucking trite at this point, but, like, education is a big fucking part of it. And critical thinking skills, and... Yeah, I don't... Uh, other than that, I don't... I don't really know what we can do, especially in the United States, because... You're not getting. There, there are estimates that go up between 400 million and a billion guns in the United States. And that's going to get worse as we now have like 3D printed guns. We have yeah. ghost guns. Like the, you have the, the FGC 9 and shit like that. Like it's. The gun thing is not going away. Like in America at least. It's just not. Um, and it might be coming to another country near you soon with the fucking <laughs> 3D printed guns. Like un, as, as unfortunate as I think that is because I love living in a country without guns. I love guns, but. They make you less safe, unless you're in a country like Myanmar, where the government is doing a coup, and then they they do kind of make you slightly more safe. But it's complicated and uh, situations. But yeah, I don't know. Besides, like education and a, an attempt to shift the culture, whether that's through like art or yeah, I don't I don't really know how you change culture besides like, art, art and education. Well, that's oh we. We need to talk to talk about this um, on the next normal pod we do. Is uh, talk about a wasting disease that's going through the deer population. Chronic wasting disease—that's old news. Uh, I listened to a podcast and then subsequently did a bunch of research on it and. Uh, uh, is yeah, it, bad this it, it just made me. Yeah, it made me really nervous.
1: I mean, <laughs> it it's been me around nervous.
0: for a long time. I know, I know, I know. But uh, anyway, I don't want to talk about it now because we, we, we probably should get out of here. I did. <clears throat> I wanted to. Uh, you can give thoughts after this, but got last some thing. Prayers. Last thing, huh? Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. That's right. That's all we got for anything. By the
1: way, I just want to say rest in peace to everyone who's ever died. I mean, especially this podcast is about Emmett Till. To, to him and his family who's probably all passed away by this point but um, to everyone who's ever died I'm sorry I'm sorry uh, you didn't have longer and I hope you enjoyed your time here and I hope the world gets better I also hope the world gets better I won't say
0: for, certainly for Emmett his family um, anyone that's, that's died unjustly I, I, yeah. I strongly agree with you I have other things to say um, but I, I, I think now is not the time to belabor them Monkeypox. (laughs) Monkeypox. What I was gonna say is, there's uh, William Faulkner is actually from Mississippi, and he has a he has a a statement basically. Um, So this is from the book Getting Away with Murder about Emmett Till. They were talking about uh, what what he had to say. Uh, He gave a comment to reporters, and he said, "Perhaps the purpose of this." William Faulkner? Yeah, William
1: Faulkner. Did he go to the trial? No, he's just from Mississippi, so he gave a statement. Okay. At the time? Mm. Contemporaneous statement. Contemporaneous statement.
0: But he says, Perhaps the purpose of the story and tragic error committed in my native Mississippi by two white adults on an afflicted northern child is to prove to us whether or not we deserve to survive.
1: Because if we... Sounds like monkey box
0: talk. <laughs> because if we in America have reached the point in our desperate culture when we must murder children, no matter for what reason or what color, we don't deserve to survive, and we probably won't.
1: I don't know what to say about that. I, uh, I've had... I've had uh, I'm just not going to say anything. I've, I will say that I've tried to finish his book. I'm not even going to say the title because it is the last day of the lunar month here, and I don't want to do anything that will upset the superstitious... Spirits, but um, I'll try and read it again. It's, a, it's an interesting statement, very thought-provoking. Yeah, I,
0: I feel like it was, it was very thought-provoking. I, I think uh, my, my point in quoting that is that I think it's important that we... It is like this uh, thing about, like, do we deserve to survive? And I think that we need to fight for that. I think we need to find, find the fight uh, to, to, to make sure that we do survive and that we do make the world... Better place in in whatever small way we can, as fucking corny as that sounds. Um, What other? By starting
1: an Uber eats pizza restaurant. (laughs)
0: That's right, buddy. That's right. All you can do is start. You know, love really starts with food, and that's how you get obesity in your country. All right, real quick. uh, I will post these in the the show notes, but. The three main books that I use were Getting Away with Murder, The True Story of the Emmett Till Case by Chris Crow, In Remembrance of Emmett Till, Regional Stories and Media Responses to the Black Freedom Struggle by Daryl Mace, and Simon's Story, An Eye Opening Account of the Kidnapping of Emmett Till by Simon Wright. You have anything else to add, Ari? No. All right, folks. We love you. Um, we will be bringing you. Ooh, we have. Tomorrow, we should be having special guests. Very special guests. So. Stay tuned for that. But all this should be going up very soon. Go we'll talk to you maybe
1: maybe tomorrow. Love you.